Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. It's a Wednesday morning. It's inauguration day here in the United States of America. And uh, the Thunder lost to the Nuggets last night. They Got did. It was quite a beatdown. Trounced. 119 to 101. Uh, I, I have a feeling we'll talk a lot about Lou Dort today. but yeah, uh, And we'll, we'll get to that here shortly. But uh, last night, I think this is another instance of just kind of seeing the kind of team this these Thunder guys are, right? Yeah, they played a really competitive first half, really competitive, entertaining. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And in that second quarter, the bench came in and kind of lost the thread a little bit, started to get away from them, but they were still relatively close. And then third quarter, it just kind of all fell apart, and the game was over by midway through the third quarter. And we got to see some extended Poku, some extended Josh Hall, some extended Moses Brown. <laughs> the whole gang was there. We did. Uh, any of those, I mean, obviously Poku piques our interest. And he missed all of his shots last night, which is going to happen. But he's still contributing. Four boards, two assists, a steal and a block, three turnovers. You know, he's learning. He's learning. Uh, but anybody from that uh, Josh Hall, Moses Brown gang... That, uh, that intrigues you? Um, I suppose Josh Hall, because I just looked him up for the first time. I had never... I, for some reason, Devin Hall... Wasn't the guy's name Devin Hall last year? Devin Hall. Yeah, Virginia guy. Yeah, so I only realized this morning that I had them confused this entire time and that Josh <laughs> Hall was a separate person. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I, looked, I looked him up and I was like, oh, he was a five-star recruit. Got recruited to NC State and skipped, you know, decided not to go and didn't get drafted. So just the fact that he was a five-star recruit got me, piqued my interest a little bit. Like, oh, maybe I'll pay a little bit more attention to him going forward. Definitely. There's a a little bit of something there with with Josh Hall. And the Thunder are going to try to develop him. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But... We just know the guy's got some legs. He's really just got some legs. And he was, like every other player on this roster, was not uh, worried about driving to the rim. I think he yep. got f- four drives in in his short stint. Yep. And had had a couple nice layups. So, yeah, why not? I mean, why, why not play him a little bit more? I hope we yeah. get to see a little bit more of him. Yeah, I think we will moving forward. I think we'll get to see a little bit more of him. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander was 5 of 11 from the field, uh, 1 of 4 from 3, 3 of 6 from the line, finished with 14 points, 7 assists, 5 boards. Just, I think this is something that Shea has been doing, is that once he kind of realizes that what the defense is doing, he'll just sometimes go completely away from the off, from his own offensive game when it comes to scoring. And when he realized that they were just going to go under the screens and really try to take away the middle of the floor from him, he just kind of stopped being aggressive at all. Uh, you know, the Lakers did this to him. The Spurs did this to him. Obviously, the Bulls didn't do this to him, where 
they just gave him the middle of the floor the entire game, including on a game-tying shot. They just let him have the middle of the floor. And he's going to have to adjust to that. And if he wants – there's been some talk, there's been some chatter about him possibly being a number one guy. And I do think that there's probably more to that than I'd given it credit to uh, over the past few months. But he's got to find ways to continue to score – uh, when the defense is is continuing to take away what what he likes to do, and he there were still flashes because there were two drives, one in particular where he drew a foul, and he, I think he ended up with six free throw attempts on the night because that's obviously something we've been focusing on. Right. Is can he become a lead at free throws? And I think if he had stayed in the game, he might have gotten up to eight or ten last night. But yeah. the one the one that stuck out was the one where he it looked like James Harden like. He got one of those rip-through moves, but where you're on the move and you're driving towards the basket, unlike mm-hmm. the you know Chris Paul or KD rip move where they're just kind of out at the three-point line. And as a reminder, when James Harden does it, disgusting, you know, an affront <laughs> against basketball, <laughs> terrible, never want to see it in the game, get it out of the game. But when Shea does it, it's like, wow, this is really good for his development. Yeah. And those are the type of things I'm looking for because – this is one area where his slitheriness, his slipperiness, Andrew, kind of works against him because he mm-hmm. doesn't always look for contact when he's driving to the rim. And so oh, yeah. it's nice to see it when he does because those are the type of moves, whether it's throwing his head back or whatever, that are going mm-hmm. to get him to the line. So I like when I see that. Well, and that's how you get to 20 points a game on you know, 13 shots, like every right. single night. I mean, that's how you get to 20 points every single night. It's like, oh, I didn't make too many shots from the field, but I got to the line nine times. Yeah. And I got eight points out of it. And so it's easy for me. That's how guys average. I mean, that's how Kevin Durant averaged 20 points a game every night just easily and became a scorer. That's how Russell Westbrook became the scoring champion was that he just got to the free throw line and he made his free throws. I mean, that's how that's how these guys do it. It's not all just on making shots. It's about getting fouled, learning how to get fouled. And he he will be similar to Harden. Like he will have to have a bag of tricks he goes to in order for him to get to the free throw. And it's not like Russell was just like sure like speed and strength and just ferocity. And it's for Shea it's gonna have to be just throwing your head back and getting your arm twisted in a certain way and getting your <laughs> just I mean it will. He's it's gonna just have absolute. to ruin basketball. He's going to have to bend basketball a little bit if he's going if he's going to be a star. I think that's what he'll have to do. Yeah, he 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 cannot be like Westbrook where Westbrook just completely threw you off your game because he was so explosive and you had no time to react. Whereas with Shea, you have plenty of time to react, but you have to be extremely patient because he is so crafty already and you don't yeah. really know when he's going to make his move and he can use that to his advantage and I I feel like he's did that a little bit last night, at least on those two plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick look over at the stream. Good morning to Christos in Greece, to Will Bell, Morgan. Good morning. Miguel Devella says that Dort can be good. Dort is good, but he can be better. I agree. We'll talk about that here in a second. T. Trope from Miami. What's up? Hoops Talk 69, always in the, in hey, the chat. Koa uh, Tran says, good morning from Melbourne. Kenny, Woo. good morning, and Colm from Ireland, good morning, and hello to Cody McChicken. Wow. 
Mr. Great McChicken joining us. Mr. McChicken joining us. I don't. How do we know it's not Doctor McChicken? I don't know. That's true. It's How are father. we supposed to know? <laughs> Thanks for joining in the stream. If you want to join us live on YouTube, we are broadcasting these on Monday and Wednesday, and uh, eventually we'll get Friday back going here soon. Once we're not hybrid, so which hopefully is relatively soon, but we'll see. Lou Dort, Alex, again. Lou Dort. 20 points on 11 shots, three of six from three, one of two from the free throw line, five boards, three assists, a steal, zero turnovers on a night when the Thunder had 19 turnovers, which is not good. Only one foul as well, which is also an impressive stat if we're looking for impressive stats. Uh, He's, again, showing up in a way offensively that I would have just never imagined would have happened in his second season. And really his, like, this isn't really even his second season. He didn't even play a whole first season. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy hasn't played very many NBA games, and he's already showing that, okay, there's a lot here. There's a lot here with Lou Dort. Yeah, I you know, before the season, if you had told me to rank the Thunder Young players by ceiling, you know, we'd all put Shea first. But I yeah. probably would have put Bayes second, and I might mm-hmm. have even put Poku third. Not because like I think he, either of those guys are better than Lou Dort, because we saw that Lou Dort was probably the best of those group, uh, other than Shea, in the playoffs. Yeah. But just, you know, you kind of felt like you knew what you had with Dort. Like, this is going to be a really good piece of a future good team, really good at defense. Maybe he develops a shot. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. Now, like, if he's going to be a 40% three-point shooter, I have to readjust my my ceiling for Lou Dort. What a weird like, sentence. If you have a 40% three-point shooter who is also one of the elite perimeter defenders in the league, and he also has some ball skills, like he can still drive to the rim, he can still make a f- few passes, it's not like he's a total zero there, I... W- I keep having to raise the ceiling. And I think now, especially with Baisley's recent slump, like right now I'm feeling like Lou Dort has the second highest ceiling on this team. It's not cr- – no, I, I think it's absolutely true. And also that like he's already has a floor that um, is a lot higher than Baisley's. Oh, like, for sure, seen, yeah. Like We've seen like Baisley had kind of a – he had kind of a strange game. He had some spurts where he looked really good last night, and then he had some spurts where he looked like lost, where he's throwing the ball away in transition and just completely out of rhythm. Uh, and that's going to be kind of his progression. He, he's still 20 years old, and he's got a ways to go, Darius Baisley, and he was he's a, a very raw prospect still. But Dort comes in with this, and he can defend everybody already. I mean, you can feel comfortable throwing him on all kinds of guys uh, as a defender. And then as an offensive player, you're right. I mean, he we've kind of mocked him a little bit in that he said that he thinks he's a point guard. And obviously he's not a point guard, but he's somebody that can be a secondary handler at times and that can run a pick and roll and that can find guys and that can make the right pass. He's a really, really smart player. And the, it's the shot that was always the concern. That's why he didn't get drafted, is that people thought, okay, I just don't know that this guy is going to be able to shoot it. And 
in a very short amount of time, he's been able to turn himself into a real shooter. I mean, he's taken, he's attempted the most threes on the Thunder, and he's made the most threes on the Thunder. He's 28 of 65 on the season. I don't think he's a 40% shooter, and I only say that because the dude shot sub 30% last year. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't know of when a guy has gone from 29% or 30% all the way up to 43% overnight. And it's not overnight. Obviously, he's worked really hard to get to where he is. But still, if I would have told you preseason, hey, I think Ludor's going to shoot 36% from three. You would have probably laughed at me and been like, okay, yeah, right. Good luck on like how many attempts. Probably a, a limited number of attempts for him. No! He's attempting the most on the team. He's made a three in every single game this year. 13 games, he's made a three. And it's usually early. I mean, they look for him early, and he's usually making those shots early. So it's he's been wildly impressive. And I think with the ball skills that he has, with his ability to run and pick and roll, with his ability to get to a pull-up jumper, which has been shocking and all continue to be skeptical on that until I see more of it, but there's more there with Lou Dort, for sure, than just like your run-of-the-mill Thunder shooting guard role player. Yeah, last night I was... Because, you know, if, at the beginning of every game, as soon as he hits his first three, Twitter timeline blows up. That is, you know, 12 consecutive games with a three. And so <laughs> I had to go up and look, like, what is the Thunder record? And I still haven't been able to find it, but I'm pretty sure it's Paul George, and it is way more. So we have we have some time. Yeah. Because Paul George had a 40 game streak with multiple three pointers, which is so wild. So we got a little time there. But back to Lou Dort, he's another guy along with Shea who I can foresee getting to the line multiple times per game. Like currently, I think he's averaging 2.3 free throw attempts per game. You watch that play last night where he, like, Jokic bounced off of him on a on a drive to the rim because Lou is yeah. so strong, and mm-hmm. Jokic just bounced off of him. He can do that, and there's no reason why someone that physical and that strong can't get to the line six times a game. And if he could get to that point, I feel like that would just open up his game even more. And we've already seen what he can do in terms of passing and potentially being an elite three-point shooter. It's just, it's incredible. And I don't, I don't know what to say at this point. Like, he, every game he surprises me more and more. It's guys like Dort, and obviously we knew this about Shea, but it's guys like Dort that will make this rebuild a lot shorter than what yeah, for sure. even the Thunder anticipate. He, he's one of those guys where I almost wish... Now, I'm going to get this totally wrong because I know nothing about soccer. But my impression of soccer is that you can, like, loan guys to good teams at some point during the season. Yeah. Lose, like, the one guy where I would enjoy loaning him to, like, a playoff team this year. Just (laughs) because he would fit so well on so many playoff teams. Oh, yeah. He'd be good on any of them. Who would you loan him to? Like, who specifically would you want to loan him to? last night, the Denver Nuggets. He'd be great on Denver. He would be great on Denver. Um, who's who's someone else who's missing? I feel like there's a major team that is missing any type of like perimeter defender. Uh, well, I mean the Brooklyn Nets. He would the be. The Nets could definitely use him. Yeah. Yeah. 
But he even more than Shea, because like Shea, I'm excited to see him run a team. I don't really care if the team's good or not. I, I want to see that development. But with Dort, it's like, man, I already know what you could look like in the playoffs, and we kind of got to see it a little bit last year, and I already mm-hmm. want to see more because he he's the type of player that deserves to be in the playoffs. Yeah, he will be. He will be. It'll be a long time, Andrew. Long, long time. I honestly time. am just – I think this this Thunder team is going to lose a lot of games this year. I think they're going to lose a lot. Uh, and I think that they will probably have a top five pick. And if they can land one of the guys, and I do think that there's upwards of five guys that could really change a franchise. If they can land just one of them, then you had like a franchise changer, Shea, Dort, and then... Then you're at the point where you maybe, maybe you do one more year, and you try to get in on that 22 draft, which is going to be good as well. And then I think you might be ready, because you can take your future picks, and you can leverage them into a a good big man. Or if they draft Evan Mobley, then you leverage it into another wing, or whatever it is. Like that's where you're going to have your shot. And I think that it, it, it may not be that long. I, I just think that, one, I, people worry about, like, oh, there's never been a good team that's tanked. Like, look at the Sacramento Kings. Like, the Sacramento Kings haven't really developed a good player in a really long time. Like, I think Darren Fox was going to be good wherever he went, and he may be actually being held back by their franchise. This Thunder team is, de- like, really spending time in development with these guys. Lou Dort is a huge a huge signal to that. I think Shea is a signal to that. <clears throat> I think even Isaiah Roby is a like I don't think Isaiah Roby is going to be even a rotation player in the next iteration of the Thunder. But they've seen something in him. And they're doing it right now with Vit Krechi, who they brought in and the only reason the, here's the reason that they brought over Vit to play with the blue is so that they could monitor his progress on his rehab. If he's playing, they probably just let him play the rest of the season over there and then try to bring him over next season. But the Thunder would like to be be very close to his rehab and make sure that he's being taken care of properly and then kind of help bring him along and kind of see what he is. I mean, that's the, that's the goal with it, but that's why he's here. Like they're, they're investing a tremendous amount of resources into development. And even Hami, like Hami has, was not good last night and hasn't been good. Like may, maybe, I mean, maybe the Thunder could trade Hami to, uh, to the Knicks for a first round pick. Like I, I think that you, <laughs> what? Could, you, could, you could trade him to the Knicks for a first round pick, but you might have to attach a pick to trade him to the Nuggets, if that makes sense. Just because he's just he's obviously just a great player when he's in New York. Oh, that's true. I thought you were yeah. making a, a Knicks are dumb joke, but it's actually Hami is good in New York. No, it's it's a Hami plays good in New York joke. He, so yeah, he does. Yeah, and I I'm still like hesitant because especially you know if they start having more games like last night, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be watching a bottom ten offense and a bottom ten defense. Yeah. And so I'm trying to not invest too much in guys who may not be here and may not be in the NBA in two years. <laughs> well, okay, so let's figure out who those guys are. Like, uh, well, if you were, to, gonna, if you were gonna, to, 
Okay. We're going to what? Well, okay. first of all, the reason why I say that is because already looking at the 21 draft, yeah, guaranteed three players are going to be joining this roster. Whatever yeah. their first their two first round picks and then they have their they're likely going to have their own second round pick. Um, yeah. based on where it falls. Now they could also they're going to have Denver's second round pick, but that's going to be a later one. Maybe that's a draft and stash. And then we don't know what's going to happen with the Warriors pick, although congrats to them for being the Lakers. That's a big win for us. It's big. That Go was Warriors. that was really Go big. Warriors. Yes. <laughs> um so we have the potential between 3 and 4 young prospects that we also want to develop joining this roster in six months. Yep. All those guys are going to deserve playing time or at least the top two from the first round. And so that's where I'm like, okay, some of the guys at the end of the roster right now, they will not be playing any minutes in like six months. Their minutes will be gone. So I cannot invest in them. Okay. So now go ahead. Let's plant our flags on, on certain islands here. Okay. Uh, obviously, Shea Island, Dort Island, Baisley Island are all well populated, right? Like, we don't even have to plant a flag. These are civilized islands, right? Uh, business is booming. Tourists are Bi- coming. Yeah, this is big time. Now, that leaves us. Are you going to plant your flag on Isaiah Roby Island? Four steals, three assists. 10 yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Your Euro step around Jokic. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad because anytime I say no, it's going to seem like I don't like the player. I mean, I think it's. Oh, well, that's awesome. exactly what it means. That's Gosh. exactly what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair to Roby, like making him match up against Jokic, I don't know what I'm really learning from that matchup. <laughs> Like there's there's not really any development there because in no scenario on a real team would you ever play Roby against Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he he will not be confused with their Jokic stopper. <laughs> yeah, he is not a Jokic stopper. Um, he's yeah, he's one of those guys where it's like it seems totally fringe right now. Like, is yeah. this guy really going to be getting minutes next year? Yeah. I think it's great that he's playing well, but again, we're watching a bottom ten offense, bottom ten defense. We've seen throughout history that there are going to be guys on that team who look better than they would be on a real NBA team. And so I'm not buying into Roby yet, while acknowledging that he has been good in the minutes that they've given him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not planting my flag on Roby Island either. I think that he's been yeah, he's been fine in the role that he's played. And he's 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 got a little bit more juice than I thought he did. Uh but yeah, still, sure. I, I just this, the lack of size is a thing, and perhaps he could be a bench player. I mean, he's not a starter on any NBA team. I mean, he's he, starting on this team because Al Horford's out. You know, I mean, it's, I'll say this: I put him on the same tier as Justin Jackson going into the season, and I would say he's yeah. definitely on the next tier up. I oh think. yeah, if not if not two two tiers above Justin. Oh, Jackson. two tiers! Wow. Uh, that also might be because I have put Justin Jackson on a tier lower than what I had him on coming into the season. So, mostly just because of the way he moves. And maybe that's it. Yeah, he, he seems um, like he's a, at the very end of the bench at this point. Yeah. Uh, Alexi Pokushevsky Island, we've got some believers. We've got some, it's, it's definitely not vacant of, uh, of people. 
Yeah. I'm definitely my my flag is here. It's been waving in the breeze for a while. What about you? He is someone who I've decided in just the last few weeks I'm not going to worry too much about this season. Like it's good. It's, yeah. it's it's great that he's getting minutes. But uh, I saw someone on Twitter say it's like almost like a redshirt season. And I kind of agree with that. Although I guess in a redshirt season you don't play at all. But it's like – so it's not a good analogy. Um, but I just like can't get too worried about him because he's so young, because of yeah. the, the league that he came from. I don't want to compare him to Giannis, but that's what I'm about to do. If you go back and look at Giannis's rookie season – like he made a massive jump between year one and year two. His year one stats were n- not impressive at all, other than the fact that he was getting minutes because the team mm-hmm. decided to invest in him. And so I think it's awesome that he's getting the minutes, but it's, it's I, I don't want to say like I'm starting to have doubts about Poku because that just seems way too premature given his age and where he's coming from. So I'm just like giving that one time. So I'm, I'm still invested in Poku. But I'm not expecting to see anything for maybe until maybe like next year at this time. It's going to yeah. be a while. Yeah, and it could even be longer than that. I didn't want to say it, but yes, <laughs> I'm more thinking like two years down the road that I'll feel comfortable just like what he is going to be because his shot is, I mean, he, he gets it off clean every single yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of look like a line drive right now, which may have to do with the fact that he's like over seven feet. Um, that that's the th- like he has to start hitting shots, and so I don't want to get too worked up about it because he's a rookie. Like if if he doesn't hit any of his threes for the rest of the season, like whatever, I'm not going to be too yeah. worried about it. Yeah. So are you on the island? I'm still on the island. I'm still okay. All right. Uh, Justin Jackson off the pretty, island, abandoned. I don't, is there anyone there? I don't know. I haven't heard anyone. Maybe there's a new Thunder <laughs> podcast out there devoted to Justin Jackson that we'll learn about. <laughs> Let us know, guys. Let us know. Uh, I'm not sure that Josh Hall has an island, but we'll we'll be we'll be keeping we'll keep our eye out. We'll have our no, binoculars he, he's like, looking uh, around for one. He's like when you spot an island through one of those telescope things. We just saw yeah. it. We just saw yeah. it for the first time. Me especially. Literally just yeah. found out who he was. <laughs> <laughs> my brain realized uh, well, he wasn't Devin Hall. <laughs> uh, Tail Maladon or Maladone, however you want to say it. Yeah, what is the right? Have they given the pronunciation guide on that? I think it is Done. Maladone. Okay. Maladone. I just don't like. I just don't like saying it like that. But yeah, another guy. Sure. I, I, okay. I mean, now I'm going to give you a choice. Now I'm going to give you a choice. Yeah, we can put our flags on his island because I think he's going to he's he projects to be like a role playing point guard, right? Right. That's fine. Like I think he'll play in the NBA. You got to plant your flag on one island, Alex. Yeah. <clears throat> this is where it could be divisive. This is where you might get some comments. Okay. On your Twitter on your Twitter today. Okay. You have one flag to plant. Yes. Between two islands, two it's islands. either Hamadou Diallo Island. Mm-hmm. Or Kenrich Williams Island. Kenrich Williams, no question, going on the island. I will. Uh, I'll bet anyone who wants to bet me. We can bet uh, a rookie card of Lou Dort. Oh, there it is, right there. Lou, Lou Dort rookie card. We we can Look bet it if you, if you really believe in Hami. The bet is 
will these players be in the NBA in three years? I think Kenrich, oh. I think Kenrich Williams will be in the NBA in three years. I feel less confident about Hami. Yeah, and I it, tend to agree. And like, it's not that Kenrich is amazing, but like, I can already see him being like the tenth man on a decent team, just because yeah. take a lot off the table when he comes into the game. He doesn't really mess things up in any way. You could play him with major stars, and he would f- slot in perfectly. Whereas Hami, I actually do think you need to let him breathe a little bit. And I don't know if that's a great, like, what team is going to be wanting to let Hami breathe going forward. I mean, we've seen a lot of cool things from Hami this year, but part of that is because the team is just giving him a lot more opportunities. And I wouldn't necessarily the, say that my takeaway from all that is, like, we need to keep giving him, he's, he deserves, like, 25 minutes going forward year after year. Yeah. I, I would agree. I think the thing about Hami is that he wants to he wants to be more than just right, a yes. hu- hustle guy, three and D, whatever. Like he wants to be a guy that could be a six man yes. of the year, which that's just it's just not there. And maybe it will be down the road. Maybe we're just wrong because he does he has but he has way Ken- more flashes than Kenrich. I mean, obviously, last, last night doubt. that play yeah. where he went up against maybe three nuggets for a layup and didn't get it, but somehow wrestled the rebound away. And as, as he's wrestling Mm -hmm. it it away, he ends up back around the three point line. Instead of resetting the offense, he just turns around, goes straight back to the basket against three people. And he gets, I think he got an N one on that play. Like Mm -hmm. that's something Kendrick Williams is never going to do. And I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But on, (laughs) yeah, but on the other hand, like, Coming up this summer, you know, I kind of talked about this before the season. Like, is there going to be a team that <laughs> makes an offer sheet to Hami? I don't know. Because it's like, what are you what are you getting? Like, what is your idea of Hami? I guess it's spark plug off the bench. But I just don't think he's good enough of a scorer to really be that. Yeah. And so then he's just yeah. like an energy guy. Yeah. And there's teams that will need that. That will... I mean, he's not going to get paid, paid, but right again, like the Knicks would be a great scenario for him. I think he would like to play in the Garden, you know, every single night. That would be great for him. Uh, also, Kenrich Williams, and this is pointed out by Thunder Pulse and James Anderson in the chat, that he's already twenty six. True. So, so he's. I mean, he is who he is, and I kind of like who he is. To be honest, I think that his defensive ability is good enough like he's very physical and then if he can just hit a corner three then he can be a guy off the bench that you bring in that you feel comfortable playing on a good team yeah I saw someone I follow a couple draft guys on Twitter and one of them compared him to Jared Dudley and I thought that was a nice yeah. comparison um, yeah. where it's just it's just so maybe he needs to work on his personality so he could be like that type of Jared Dudley personality who keeps getting to be on teams just because everyone loves being around him. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he already is that. I don't know. He's he's not. He's, he's not. not. Okay. No, no, no. No, we've talked to him a few times. Um, <laughs> nice guy. He's not that though. But I do I do see him as a guy that's going to be just catch and shoot, low usage, high energy defensive type of guy. And I think that those kind of role players are always needed. So. He needs to let like uh, him. Brandon mm-hmm. Land on Twitter 
uh, designer, he yeah. made a Kenny Hustle picture that made Kenny Hustle look really cool. So maybe yeah. Ken Rich needs to get hook up with Brandon Land, get him to do all of his marketing for him. Brandon can turn him into a cool player in the NBA yeah. just with uh-huh. his designs, and then boom, that's all he needs. Then everyone knows him. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. I think that's it as far as islands go. Uh, Alex, have you have you are you getting into NBA Top Shot? What is that? You don't know it. No, I don't even know it's it. A, it's it's a collectibles thing. It's like an online collectibles thing through the NBA. It, like is it digital? Pro- it's digital. Digital collectibles. I know. I was skeptical as well. But these things are going for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. What? And they gain, yes, I know, I know. Like you could, I can't remember what moment it was. There was a moment that you could buy for like a hundred bucks the other day, and it's already up to over like $1,200 in value. Like there's hardly, it's, I know, I'm looking at your face. I, uh-huh. I agree with your face to a degree, but it's becoming a thing. So I want you to look at, look into it. We'll talk about it next week. Weird. I mean, so because it's, it's something. So like Panini who they're the big distributor of basketball cards, they have like these blockchain digital cards that are just Mm -hmm. digital only. And I think it's taken off a little bit, but not really not, not to this level. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the page right now. It appears there is a uh, Tyler Hero going for four thousand uh, so dollars. So so you buy packs. You can buy digital pack. packs. You can buy digital pack, or you can buy digital s- digital monsters. <laughs> this is Digimon to the extreme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 intriguing. At least I'd like to I'd like to have a conversation with you about it next week after you've kind of dove in a little bit. And let me know what you think. I think you and I should just take screenshots of all these and we can start our own black market. Black market. <laughs> no, Wouldn't that be cool? That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea <laughs> at all. So the Thunder begin this road trip without Al Horford. I assume the Thunder's message to Al Horford is, hey, Al. Family first. Having a baby's hard, man. Your wife is going to need you. At least until, oh, let's say January 28th. I think she might need you until then. So don't worry about it until after this road trip. And he's in OKC right now. So I don't know if he's going to join the team or not. Uh, I asked, I've asked around and I, I haven't heard, I haven't gotten an answer on that so far. But um, I would guess that he probably won't be with the team uh in LA. Uh, they don't play again until Friday. Uh, and then they play they play the Clippers twice in a row. They play Portland Monday. What's uh what's the vibe with the Blazers up there in Portland, Alex? How's everybody feeling? Oh, oh. <laughs> great. Yeah, things are going great for the Blazers. <laughs> no one's having any like existential crisis about Dame's prime coming to the end with never having any healthy players around them. Uh they're freaking out. They're terrified, and they're they're scrambling because this is you have one of the best players in the league, and Damian Lillard. You had a guy who was probably going to make his first All Star game in CJ McCollum. He was playing that well. He was good. Yeah, Nurk had not been great, but he was starting to turn it around. 
and you had made the big trade for Robert Covington. Hadn't gone great so far, but still, like things were looking up. You had a squad, and you had you had Derek Jones Jr., who is better than anything they had last year on the wing. And for it to all fall apart this quick, in addition to already not having Zach Collins, who was someone they they invested a lot with, they traded two first round picks to get. Yep. It's really depressing. And a guy I follow on Twitter, Danny, I believe it's Danny Morang. Danny Morang. <laughs> Sounds made up now that I say it out loud. <laughs> Danny Morang, he does th- – this is the guy who uh, – remember I told you that in Portland there's like a version of Down to Dunk, but they get to do the post-game show yeah. on TV. Yeah, we've talked about this. So it's, yeah, yeah so, it's, so it's this guy. Hey, also, he Thunder, podcast. Thunder, we would like to do that, by the way. You should let us Yeah, you, let you us need to that. get Luke on television. Well, not, um, maybe, maybe not L-Man, but kind of got me and L-Man on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but he was basically advocating for like we don't need to necessarily blow it up in terms of trading Dame, but we need to make a major move. Like we can't keep doing this year after year. We have to do something. And I don't even know what they could do because even if you wanted to trade a CJ or a Nurk, like what are you getting back for them at this point when you're trading them injured? Yeah, I, don't know. I think what they'll end up doing is just playing it out, hoping they stay close enough, like they do for the last couple of years. Where when those guys come back, because now CJ is expected to come back four to six weeks, and I think Nurk is more like six to eight weeks. If you get those guys back in the playoffs, it's kind of like last year. All of a sudden, it's a different team, but they're probably going to be in a position where they're kind of screwed going into the playoffs because maybe they have to play the Lakers again. Yeah. Hey, Neil. It's not good. Neil O'Shea, let me give you a hint. Stop bringing back Carmelo Anthony and Ennis Cantor. Just stop it. I, well, I know they I mean, love it there, but stop it. They they need Ennis now. <laughs> I know, but Ennis I'm saying so like bad. there are other options. Like Ennis is not the only option. He's not, but he does play really well for them. He I don't have as much of an issue with. Mello is a problem only because he tends to get minutes ahead of guys like Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, which who, is insane. He's just a guy that you have more of a future with and you'd kind of like to see him develop. I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter because they're so shorthanded, they're going to be playing anyone. And the one bright spot is that Rodney Hood is back and healthy and scored 21 points in his first game where he was starting in place of CJ. Mm -hmm. So maybe they can kind of tape things together and keep it going long enough to make it into the playoffs. But it just really sucks. Like, it sucks for Dame. Yes. Because this team was a Western Conference Finals team like two years ago, and they have just been struck by the worst luck these last two seasons. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Well, I mean, they were a West Finals team because they had like defenders and three-point shooters around those guys, like guys, and really it's just true. defenders. Yeah. And those, go- I mean, Alfred Camino is not like a stellar three-point shooter. Neither is Mo Harkless, but they tried hard and they defended and they had good length. And for whatever reason, they were just like, "Yeah, we don't need that. We need man. <laughs> we need you know what it sounds player. like? It sounds like you're saying they need Kenrich Williams. They need Kenny Hustle. He would play for them. And people put Kenny Hustle on that team. How much would Portland fans love him? Oh, that yeah, they, they would love him. They they'd blow him up the way they blew up Anthony Simons. Maybe even more so. The dude's got a mullet. Um, that's true um, like how a mullet in Portland would play really hard here in Oklahoma we're kind of like what's he doing 
what's going on here? And Portland would be like, this is our guy. He's one of us. Maybe, Bring him in. Maybe, maybe that's the trade. I mean, honestly, a George Hill and Kenrich Williams trade, I don't even care what the trade is, but if they could just get those two players, huge win. Yeah, how do you make – I mean, that's – honestly, that would help them tremendously. Like, yeah. Both can defend. Kenny Hustle can hit a shot. I don't – I mean, I don't I think, think this will happen, but, like, it would really be – I think that would really help Collins, them. right? I do – Does have to be Zach Collins? Sure. Let's do it. Right? Yeah, what are they – they're just going to keep waiting on Zach Collins year after year? <laughs> He can be hurt on our team. <laughs> or you can do Hood. You can do Rodney Hood. Straight up. Yeah. Or Derek Jones Jr. Whenever. I mean, I don't know. How good has Derek Jones been? I haven't watched a ton of the Blazers. I, th- I feel like he's generally an overrated player. He is. I mean, he's a fifth starter. If uh, <laughs> if he's a starter, he's the fifth one. Yeah. And he... He, cert- he certainly has moments because he's so athletic. And, again, he's better than anything they had on the wing last year. But that's, you know, I'm comparing him to, like, Trevor Reza, who hasn't played a basketball game now in a year, and Carmel Anthony, mm-hmm. who wasn't in the league at the beginning of last year. So they, they, could, they could upgrade the position, I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough out there in Portland. Uh, it is. Hey, can I complain about the uh, Pelicans for a second? <laughs> Feel free. I was looking up last night. You can tell me if this stat's interesting or not. I'll start with the the Thunder. If you go and just look at their roster on NBA.com backslash stats, and you you organize it by three point percentage, there are currently fifteen players who have played for the Thunder. How many of them, Andrew? have a three-point percentage above zero (laughs) percent above zero how many that are playing right now what are you saying what do you mean how how many of the 15 players who have played for the thunder so far this season have a three-point percentage above zero percent all of them it was 14 the only one was moses brown he's the only guy who hasn't taken no moses yeah 14 guys now that's actually very normal because obviously like Everyone's taking threes at this point. Yeah. You know, all you have to do is make one three to get above 0%. Okay. The Pelicans have also played 15 guys. How many players on the Pelicans have a three point percentage above 0%? Oh, no. Six? It's eight. It's eight. And three of the guys who don't, Zion, Steven Adams, Jackson Hayes, are getting significant minutes on that team. And so I was comparing it to some other teams like the Pacers and the Knicks who also don't shoot a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like in the Knicks case, uh, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel, those are their two guys who are still getting a lot of minutes. But no team is playing as many guys who do not take threes a lot of minutes because both Steven Adams and Zion are getting 30-plus minutes a game. Yeah. And then Jackson Hayes is getting somewhere around 15. No one is doing that right now. And it's just so wild to me because they had George Hill. They had, they had him. him. He was there. They didn't have they didn't to have do to this. Trade him. They didn't have to do it. They didn't have to trade him. And there was some there was a, some screenshots from last night's game. The Pelicans just got I mean, this and the final score looks closer than that game really was, but they just got demolished by the Jazz. And the reason they got demolished 
the difference in points from three-pointers in that game was 63 for the Jazz. They got 63 points from three-pointers to 18 for the Pelicans. Bro. 63 to 18 difference from the three-point line. And part of that is the guys, the shooters that they do have aren't shooting well. Like, J.J. Redick is still below 32%. Lonzo is below 30%, taking seven a game. Yikes. Which is super worrisome. Yeah. Bledsoe is actually Lou Dorting it out there. Is he? He's taking about, yeah, he's taking five per game, shooting 41%, but no one's guarding him, as evidenced by, I sent you a screenshot last night of the game, where Brandon Ingram is desperately trying to drive. He is surrounded by four jazz players, and Eric Bledsoe is just standing wide open in front of the three-point line. I just, I'm starting to, to just wonder, like, what are they doing, and did we get David Griffin wrong? Or did we just ignore some things about David Griffin? Like the fact that he was the guy who drafted Anthony Bennett. <laughs> it was him. David Griffin did that. One of the worst picks in the history of the league was yeah. David Griffin. Yeah. And he has such a good relationship with media members that when he got that job, everyone yeah. was like, wow, what an amazing hire. Mm-hmm. And then they fell into the AD trade. Because that was the literally the only thing that could happen. Now you could say, well, they extracted a lot of value out of that. That's great. Mm-hmm. But I just look at this team going forward. This should be such an awesome, exciting team with Zion on it. Yeah. And it just does not feel that way right now. It does not. And I don't know what they do. They've just been building in the exact wrong... I mean, they drafted Jackson Hayes in the same draft as Zion. Like, what? What? Yeah. Why? Why are you doing that? Um, and maybe, and maybe it's because they thought that Zion was eventually going to develop a shot. <laughs> maybe they saw his first game against the Spurs and were like, "Okay, we got a three-point shooter on our hands." Yeah. And then it completely vanished. It's it's bad. Uh, it, it's it's not a good look at all. I don't know, man. I, I it's it's a problem, and I, we could all see it coming, right? And this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. I mean, they don't have like the Stephen Adams trade never made sense, and it's not because I don't think Stephen's a good player. It's just that the fit is so bad. If you want, like Stephen would be a good fit next to like a like he would have been a good fit for a team like the Wizards, where you have like Davis Bertans and Bradley Beal out there, right? And they just he just sets screens for them, and they can create for him and I mean that's that's the kind of offense that would be good for him putting him in with Zion and Brandon Ingram like Ingram likes to exist in the mid-range and it's just all clumped up I mean that's this is also why the Thunder are number one in drives in the NBA is because they shoot so many threes (laughs) and they space the floor Right, we have no we have no big guys. There's no one who is interested in hanging out in the paint. <laughs> we have no big guys, but there is something to that, though. I mean, if you want Zion to just crush at the rim all the time and drive to the rim, same with Ingram, I think building around those two makes a ton of sense. You just have to do it in the right way. Yeah, I was talking to someone on Twitter. Like, if Stephen Adams had gone to the Hawks, and yeah. in, in place of like a Capella, sure. And you're surrounding him with, you know, Gallo and Bondong and Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. Like, all of a sudden, yeah, that makes total sense to me. I mean, people are getting mad at me because they think I'm taking a shot at Steven Adams, which I'm really not. I'm 
fully recognize that he has played well this year. It's just what is their long-term plan? Because they didn't just trade a lot for Steven Adams. They also extended him. They extended him. That was the commi- that was wild. It's, yeah, because now they're committed now. to him for another two years. So yeah. even if they wanted to try something different, you still have now a $17 million a year center on your roster. Yeah. And, and the, like, good luck moving that. And let's be clear. Like, this is... This is not Steven Adams slander. This is like David Griffin, what are you doing to your roster slander? Yeah. Because Steven's a good player and could really help teams. But when you, I mean, putting together a team is like putting together a puzzle or like a delicious meal. Like some things mm. go together, right? And some things don't. I mean, right now it's like they're making a peanut butter sandwich and they just keep putting more and more peanut butter. Eventually, when you get so much peanut butter on that sandwich, you take a bite, it's just not enjoyable and it just doesn't work. And and maybe what happens is Brandon Ingram and Zion are just so good that things just work themselves out once some of these other guys start hitting their threes. Like, if Lonzo can be a 40% three-point shooter like he was last year, all of a sudden that changes a lot. If Bledsoe continues to be a 40% three-point shooter, if J.J. Redick normalizes his shot, yeah. like they could probably get into the playoffs. I mean, there are definitely some there's some low-hanging fruit on their team that should regret or positively regress to the mean. Mm-hmm. And maybe it all works out. But, man, it just doesn't look great right now. Yeah, they're 5-8 and eight right now. They would be... Yeah. If, if the NBA draft went by order of record they would have the sixth pick in the draft but it's also very early and we shouldn't talk that way so uh alex should i, I guess the question right now that i think a lot of thunder fans are thinking is this is has a, have the thunder just been too good and there are are there too many bad teams below them to believe they can still get a top five pick um, I would say no because the the amount of teams that are prioritizing a top pick right now is still pretty low. Like I don't think the Pelicans are and they're below us. I don't think Minnesota is because their pick is only top three protected. And I don't think the Kings are because like the Kings have not made the playoffs in what, over a decade? Mm-hmm. So like I, I think those teams are going to continue to try and – that will make a difference at the end of the year when those teams are still trying to pick up some wins to whatever, build some momentum for next year, or maybe to get into the 10th spot. I mean, that's where that 10th spot for the playing tournament helps the Thunder so much True. because it's going to keep so many of these teams in the hunt longer than they would have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I'm still not too worried. And, you, you know, you look at the – I mean, the Thunder, I think, are bottom three in net rating currently. They did not drop to a bottom 10 defense last night. They dropped to 19th, mm-hmm. and then they're, I think they are the 29th ranked offense. Can you name the five teams that are bottom five in net rating? Um, I can't off the top of my head. So a couple of them make sense. The Minnesota Timberwolves are one. Dude, they've been so The bad. Sacramento Kings are one. The Thunder are one. The yep. Cavs are one who... You know, they had a nice start to the season, but to be fair to them, Sexton and Garland have been out for a while. Yeah. The other team, though, is the Orlando Magic. Remember <laughs> how good things were looking like two weeks ago, and then they <laughs> lose Fultz for the year. 
and now they are a bottom five team in net rating. Yeah, they're six. They and were eight. six and two. Yeah, they've <laughs> they're six and two. Now they're six and eight. It's bad. It's really bad. That's really bad. that's the situation you don't want to be in. Is where you're kind of this middling team, like the Magic or the Kings or the Timberwolves, where you've been bad a long time and you've picked up some good players and you're trying hard and you're like okay this is going to be the year we're going for it and you're just you just suck and it's just that is just it's not tanking this is where people get things confused i think that's not tanking that's just like having a really crappy franchise like yeah because those teams want to win they do i think it's like the uh, the Timberwolves don't trade for D'Angelo Russell last year and give up a first-round pick if they didn't want to win this year. That D'Angelo Russell trade might be one of the worst trades ever. No, don't say that. It's not. They they still got rid of Wiggins' contract, which I think is how much was good how for much their better franchise. is D'Angelo Russell than Andrew Wiggins? Because Wiggins is is contributing something in Golden State right now. It's not like he's a complete <laughs> zero. I, I don't think there is a huge difference, um, but I do think I understood why they traded for D'Lo, and you have to admit, like, Towns hasn't been on the court. Their best player isn't playing most of these games. They were always going to suck if that was going to be the case. Yeah. How much of a difference is that going to make would be my question. With Towns coming back? Yeah. Or whenever he comes back, because now he has COVID. Right. Um I don't know. I mean, by by the time he comes back, because I'm assuming the quarantine for that is going to be like 10 to 14 days. Right. So at that, that point, they might be like 4 and 11, 4 and 12. <laughs> it, I mean, it's bad. That but might even be optimistic. That might even be optimistic that they will win well, a game. I I gave them one game. I know. I think they're 3, I and, know. They're three just, and 9 right now. Yeah, I know. I know. They're bad. He's going to help. Their best player is going to help. He'll help. But yes, it, it was a bad trade, but there are far worse trades. Far worse. What do you think's worse? I mean, that's just really bad. I mean, it, let's say, what if they, what if that winds up being the fourth pick in the draft? It's crushing. It's awful, awful. It's, it's fireable. <laughs> I would rather have, just have Wiggins and my fourth pick. Yeah, but that's, they've been bad for so long. I mean, they had that one Jimmy Butler year yeah. with Tibbs where everything worked out. They they squeaked in to the playoffs by beating Denver on the last day of the regular season. Like, they were barely in the playoffs. I think they're just a franchise that's really hungry to do anything. They're sick of being who they are. And so they made a splash, and it's not working out. That's why you just can't pull the plug so early on some of these. But is it early when you've been bad for a decade? The problem is that they've been doing it over and over again, though. So, like, okay, we're ready to go. Let's pull the plug. Let's trade for Jimmy Butler. Ah, oh, crap. We suck again. He's gone. All right, we're back in the rebuild. No, we're back in it. We're trading for D'Angelo Russell. And it's like, oh, no. we've There goes our lottery pick. And, well, we're still bad. I mean, that's what they keep doing, though, is that they keep pulling the plug. It's not like this. they had, like, a long, like, six-year rebuild. And they were like loaded up with assets no like they continue to give away assets and pull the plug on what could be a nice rebuild around carl anthony towns but they continue to just take their feet out from under themselves yeah i I do think they had the right idea with jimmy butler i I mean that that was a really good move but 
problem was that they did not have the culture to support Jimmy Butler. No. Not at all. It's a huge problem. And they did the same thing. Like hiring Tibbs is a part of pulling the plug and not like investing long-term in a coach. Like Tibbs is not a long-term coach for anybody. Not even the Knicks. Like the Knicks are doing it right now with him. So you think Tibbs is going to be your coach in five years? Like there's zero chance of that happening. There's just no way. He'll probably coach there for two years. They'll get sick of him. He'll get sick of being there, and then he's gone. Just this treadmill mediocrity that these teams get on, and they try to make a move to be good. I mean, the Kings have done it for years, like just classic Kings, always trying to like sign a free agent for like way more than they're worth, thinking that they're like the missing piece. That's where you just have to stay committed to the kind of rebuild that the Thunder want to have. And the rebuild that same that was the rebuild that Sam Hinkie was like in for. Like that's what he wanted to do. Was to rebuild the team like all the way. And he for a host of reasons got fired and then they went ahead and said, "Okay, it's time to win now. Use all their assets." And that was it. Uh, but I think the Thunder, as, and it's really an ownership commitment as much as it is a commitment from uh, the front office to carry this through. And so if you're, if you're a Thunder fan, you really want to hope that they carry this through in the right way. And it's that you don't rush anything. You take your time. You develop your guys. You draft well. And that's how you – like that's, that's the key to the Thunder getting to a Yeah, because if level. the thing that – kind of ends this is ownership deciding oh we just can't do this maybe for financial reasons you know we haven't they're kind of getting a free pass this year but let's say next year the fans come back and interest in the thunder is just way down and then you go into another year and interest is still way down because the team hasn't made the playoffs or isn't a contender like that that's the only thing I could foresee is like stopping this if there really ends up being long-term financial implications yeah. But even then, I, I don't know like how you shift out of that real quick because I, even at that point, I still think the best option for the Thunder is going to be developing that homegrown talent. So I, I think there could be trades available to them in the future, yeah. but I'm still not, I, I'm still not putting that as like my, my plan A. It's going to have to be like role players, like when they brought in yeah. Perk or guys like that, where they, they just need to have a guy to like find a home kind of thing. And the Thunder can be that. But if they want stars, they're going to have to develop their stars. And we've seen, we've seen like what it takes to get a star on the open market these days. And like the Nets traded everything that they possibly could for James Harden. Everything they could. It's, it's only been a week. It's kind of wild. It feels like it's a lot longer ago than a week, but it's only been a week. They traded everything, and the only reason they could feel confident in that is because, one, they have other superstars there already, and two, they're in Brooklyn. He's got two years left. The Thunder aren't going to trade for a star that has two years left because the clock is ticking, and you're lucky if you get to finish that contract with them. And so the Thunder just have to – they're just different. It's They're just the, – the market is different. The team is going to be different. They have to build differently. And – so I would, 
I, I don't know. Like this is, this is really the only way. Unless you just want to be a, a fine team that competes for the playoffs every year and probably doesn't have a chance at the title, but people like to like Zach Lowe like to throw you some respect at the beginning of their podcast. Like, sure. Like fine. Like the Thunder could be that. They could be that today, but I think the Thunder have higher aspirations. I mean, the Thunder I, were I that team last year. I mean, if, if if that was the goal of the franchise, you just keep that team together because that was a really exciting team that the fan base loved and felt like maybe they had another level in them, maybe getting to the second round of the playoffs. But they but they made a decision. Like those, sure. they could have brought back all of those guys. They could have had Chris Paul on this team and not traded him. They could have made an offer to Gallo. They could have kept Schroeder. Like they could have done all of that. If they if they wanted to be that kind of team, they could have t- kept that team together. The team was already there. That's the biggest piece of evidence in my opinion. Yeah. No No doubt. No doubt. Uh, thanks for listening to our show. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at AndrewKSelect. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday, we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.